Hello everybody, welcome back to Fastgate Rewatch Season 3, Episode 16. I'm Kamal Hatson, with me is Red Nightmare. This episode reminds me of my childhood. Yeah, it takes you right back, doesn't it? Yeah, it really does. <laughs> yes, we are back after last week's episode of... It was a pretty heavy episode last week, Infinite Possibilities Part 2, Across the Bides. God, yeah. Oof. So, we're down a Crichton. Having watched that this episode, I forgot how heavy last week was. Yeah, this is a bit of like a gear shift, sort of. <laughs> it like it's more like grabbing the gear and trying to pull it from four to one. It's like, <laughs> <laughs> although weirdly, like in if the actual plot of the episode, it shouldn't really be like that, but it is. So uh, anyway, this is episode sixteen, season three. Uh, it's called "Revenging Angel." And is another one of those more widely known, famous slash infamous episodes of uh, Farscape. Several people have been wondering what I would think of this episode. Yes, a few of you have been anticipating us getting to this. Uh, I, w I think much like back in season one when uh, we were coming up on Crackers Don't Matter, it was the same sort of thing of like, this mm. is one of those weird episodes that really only Farscape seems to get away with. Yeah. I don't know if it gets away with this one. You don't. You just hate fun, don't you? Yes, I do. <laughs> you just hate fun. <laughs> I hate fun. You. <laughs> I'm gonna steal Christmas later. Yeah? You. Yeah, we'll get you. All right. So last week we sort of broke the pattern of going, you know, from Talon to Moya, because it was a two-part episode. But this episode we do go back to Moya. You know, so we've got the one remaining Crichton. Of course, nobody there knows what happened to Talon. So you've got Crichton, Jewel, Dargo, Chiana, and Pilot. And we open with Dargo and Crichton in Dargo's ship. You remember yeah, the mysterious ship that he found all the way back in uh, Sons and Lovers? And Dargo's been trying to figure out how to use it. And he's been fiddling with the controls and, you know, trying to get stuff working. He's like, oh, oh, he's, he's actually got it up off the ground, like, floating around. Mm -hmm. Believe it or not, I'm actually getting better at this. John's Wee. behind him. And I was like, yeah, I know. I know it's hard to learn piloting. I'm, uh, how do you learn this? Trial and error. And so they're just sitting there. It's flying around in the hangar bay. Everything's fine. But then sirens start going off. Just slams to the ground. And sirens go off. And Dargo gets angry. Dargo gets really mad. Because he, he thinks Crichton touched something. He's like, I told you not to touch anything. It's like, I didn't do anything. I, I, didn't, I didn't touch anything, Dargo. Calm down. And but Dargo is really pissed off. Like they he throws Crichton out of the ship. He like goes after him and starts yelling at him, saying like, "Look, I have nothing. I lost Chiana. I lost my son. I have nothing, and I need to fill the time with all these distractions. And you just I need, ruined I need that. To fill the void with this ship. Yeah, and you just you, ruined. Not what he says, but that's yeah, what it's he's getting at, which about, I like as a character moment. Mm, but you know, Lux and Hyperradia is a thing. And he gets really mad, so mad, like he gets his quarter blade out and he's advancing on John. John's like, "Whoa, whoa, whoa, dude! I didn't, whoa. I didn't touch him. I didn't touch whoa, anything." Whoa. Calm down. What did the doctor say about anger issues? And so Dargo doesn't stab him, but he shoves him, which pushes John against a big pile of crates, which all fall on Crichton's head, and he gets knocked unconscious. And then the ship in the background, its shields are fluctuating. Then a big beam of light starts heading for Dargo. Yes, that's the titles. And when we come back, we actually go to Crichton lying down on a bed in, I guess it's like the medical Makeshift med bay? Yeah, and Jewel is tending to him, and Crichton's in a coma. Like, his heart rate is very low, 
there's a swelling in his brain, I think, or buildup of blood in his brain. Yeah, and Jules like it doesn't look good. He's not he's out of it completely. And they've got like actually like a sort of like a heart rate monitor, but it's it's all like a three D heart rate monitor. Yeah, it's like a landscape that's shifts yeah, up and down, which we will see several times throughout the episode. Mm-hmm. And Jewel is like puts little discs on Crichton's head, probably to try and stabilize him. Mm-hmm. And says, "Though he's out of it, nothing I can do at the moment." And throughout the rest of the ship, Dargo's ship is interfering with Moya. Severed a whole bunch of uh, nerve connections. Yeah, talking to pilot, and basically Moya is dead in the water. Yeah, anything that was that was powered on has basically been fried. Only things that weren't powered on are still working. So it's kind of like an EMP pulse. Something like that. And the other thing is that Dargo uh, is trying to figure out what's happened. And he figures that Crian's interference triggered a security self-destruct sequence on his ship. Mm-hmm. And he doesn't know if he can fix it. Otherwise, the whole place goes boom. Yep. And so the problem is, since... All that stuff is now offline on Moya. Moya's hangar doors won't open, so they can't escape. Mm-hmm. And they're sort of arguing about it. Yeah, Gianna and Dargo are heading to the hangar bay. And Gianna says, like, why did you try and kill Crichton? And Dargo goes, I didn't try it. Well, I didn't. Ah, he's still really ah, mad. Temper, temper. Yeah, and they're arguing about, well, this is all your fault. No, this is Crichton's fault. No, oh, you tried to kill him. Oh, and he just gets really mad, and he throws his Qualter blade. Yeah, because as they're arguing, they reach Pilot's Den. Yeah, and so they get in there, and he just throws his Qualter blade in a fit of rage, which we see it tumble all the way down. I like Gianna being like, well, that was mature. <laughs> and Pilot is like, Dargo, your Qualter... He's like, what are you doing? That's your bloody quarter blade. What's wrong with you? And that kind of stops him a little bit of like, oh no. <laughs> well, he's he's still pretty. He's still mad. Yeah. Pilot says like, look, your ship did all this damage. It crippled Moya. And Dargo's like, then I'll cripple it. And turns around and walks away. I'm like, that's not uh, Dargo. Fine. Go so, break the ship's leg or something, I mm, guess. But what Pilot says is, okay, you all need to grab the DRDs and reactivate them so that they can get to rewiring Moya. Because so, they're also blind. They can't get any data from the ship, the mystery ship, so they have no idea what's going on and how long or whatever. Yeah, so Chiana goes off with a bunch of DRDs just in her arms to go and uh, rewire them. And Jewel, who's currently looking after Crichton, Chiana says, look, go help Dargo. I like that she asks Chiana... We're all going to die, aren't we? Janice, like, eventually, you want to help push the date back? Yes. Which is Get to Dargo. This is a good, that's a good line from Chiana. So, now we see what's up with Crichton, because we get to go once again, as we've done several times in Farscape, into Crichton's mind. Into the mysterious mind of Crichton. So, we go into Crichton's mind, and he's lying basically in the same place, or, you know, on a bed in Moya, but he's dressed in like normal clothes with like a flannel shirt and jeans. I mean, you don't, we don't see that yet as we go, go into the scene. Oh right, well, because he has a cover over it. Yeah, and himself. then Harvey walks in, of course, and like, hello, John, go away. <laughs> it's like you want some advice? No. No. John's <laughs> like, really like just very just brisk with his answers. Like, get lost. go away, Harvey. And and says, look, you need a reason to survive. And John's like, well, I've got plenty. And so Harvey like then whips the cover off him and says, well, then give me the Letterman list, which is (laughs) I don't know what that's a reference to. Okay, so David Letterman, uh, talk show host, or was talk show host. He doesn't do it anymore. And on the Late Show, he would have like his top ten list of 
things as like a comedy bit. Ah, okay. So it would be something you know silly or ridiculous, and so that's where that's where that's from. So he says, "Give me the Letterman list," and I you write uh, it down. I've got it. It's a uh, Crichton says, this, "Okay, I've got plenty. Earth, Dad, Pizza, Sex, Cold Beer, Fast Cars, Sex, Aaron, Love." <laughs> Scorpius is like, "Well, we we'll have to do better than that." It's like John's like, like "Screw what? you." <laughs> Aren't you mad at Dargo? Thank you, go away. Like, <laughs> he puts that... the cover over his head again. It's like, no, I've got plenty. Like, none of that crap will get the job done, John. You need to take revenge. Take revenge. That's the strongest emotion. Aaron doesn't love you. She's with the other one. Um, you know. That's the point where he says, thank you, go away. And he's like, yeah, get, get out. But you have to even the score with Dargo. You know, you have to focus on revenge, not all these other things. Crichton's like yelling him, he's like, get out, screw you. And he's like, you are no longer strong enough to control me. You can't get me out of here. That a challenge? <laughs> this is great. And he sort of sits up on the bed, stares at Harvey. And then, okay, now we're introduced to the conceit of most of this episode because yes. Harvey turns into a literally a cartoon. <laughs> yes, literally a cartoon of Harvey. Did you notice his ears? Yes, instead of like the normal like earpiece, he's got corks in his ears. Yes. Yes. And it's proper, like, Looney Tunes. It's fully animated. It's, it's like, like, we oh. don't have time for this, John! And he actually he starts hamming it up even more when he's mm-hmm. cartoons. Like, oh, Looney Tunes! And Turns and, back into regular Harvey. And then he talks about revenge, and he's like, nope, I'm not going to do that. And then just... What do you want, Harvey revenge? Yes! Well, because well, he turns it back into a cartoon. It's like, okay, looks up. Okay. And we have the music cue. Gets hit with a 10,000 ton weight. Oh, God. Cartoon weight, by the way. Yes. There's your revenge, Harvey. John goes, lies back down. Now go away. (laughs) (laughs) So then we go back up to uh, Jewel and Dargo, and they're in the hangar, and all the lights are off, and Jewel is panicking a bit. And Dargo says, like, this is the first time I've had any problems with this ship. I've been out alone four times. Like, it has to be Crichton's fault. It's like, maybe it's something else. Did something happen? Yeah, maybe something just happened. He's like, no, it's Crichton's fault. Okay, okay, calm. All right, Dargo. (laughs) It's a relatively quick scene, but just like Dargo is convinced that it's Crichton's fault. And so then we go back into Crichton's mind, but Crichton is walking around inside, you know, version of Moya. It's just a bit weird to see him walking around in normal clothes. In yeah, his... especially in Moya, which is not Moya. Well, it's but also his... scenes where we are actually in Moya. It's inside his head. But so he's gone to talk to Pilot to get yeah. some advice. Pilot between heavy air quotes. Yeah, like the conceit is that he's going around imagining what other people would say to him and using that as advice. And I'd argue that it's actually also him accessing different parts well, of his yes. own mind because each of these characters represents a different piece of John's personality. Mm. So Pilot tells Crichton, like, you need to rise above Dargo's behavior. Then that he and Moya find it uh, advantageous to avoid confrontation. And he's like, so you're saying run away? It's like, well, if we run long enough, the pursuer will get tired. Yeah, and they'll basically give up the chase. And John's like, it's actually a good idea. You're very wise, Pilot. I don't get out much. I have time to read books. Oh, yeah, yeah, don't get out much, so I read. And then... Which is very much a thing John thinks about Pilot, I yeah. guess. But also, <laughs> that signifies Pilot as John's wisdom. Yeah, exactly. So then, as he's talking to Pilot, Dargo comes in to the den. And he just sort of hisses and then starts chasing after Crichton. 
I like the pilot as we see him walk up in the background out of focus, like, ding, ding, yeah. ding, ding, ding. <laughs> and then pilot is like, well, maybe you could put uh, the knowledge to use right now. He's like, John mm-hmm. turns around, sees Dargo there. He's like, ah! <laughs> and just starts running away. So he runs through Moya in his mm-hmm. mind and just runs away, runs down to the hangar bay, hops into his module, gets ready to take off. And then it's like, yes. oh, no, John. I've got to follow you, and so Dargo like swings around so we can see him from the side, and he's got a big like cartoon rocket on his back that says on the side Ozmi, which Oz is a, a take on Acme from Looney Tunes, yep. obviously, and Oz, which has been you know Wizard of Oz, oh, which got has been it. referenced several times as for John, you know, in relation to him being you know not in Kansas anymore. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it was pretty fun. So, it's like, he turns around. It's like a big prop on his back. And he's like, I'm coming to get you, John. And then lights it up and just, like, get ready to... And then we go into... So, we had we had Harvey turn into a cartoon character earlier. Yes. Now we have literally a Looney Tunes short. Yes. Because <laughs> we cut to space in cartoon. We see John flying around on the back of his module, which yeah. now has a handle at the front. It's like a scooter, basically. Yes, like a scooter, and he just flies away, and Dargo, cartoon Dargo, coming after him, a jetpack on his back. Yes. Just his like... face and eyes only subtly hinting at Wily Coyote. Yeah, subtly at enough. the moment. <laughs> Believe me, it becomes Im- immediately less subtle. Oh, yes. <laughs> but, like, so he's chasing after him, he's got his quarter blade out, it's like, ah, and John's like, yikes, you know, proper, like, exaggerated cartoon stuff. And so <laughs> he chases after him. He's like, hey, Dargo, look out, dude. And it's like, oh, I'm not falling for that. And just wham into it's a cartoon a- uh, satellite with, with Mir written on the side. Yeah, and you, you, hear, like, you hear uh, Russian mumbling, like, through, uh, Russian through a radio chatter. receiver. Yeah. It's like... <laughs> and, and then John just... Like he, cartoon John like stops, looks into the camera and says, "God, I love science fiction," and then flies off. It's like, okay, sure. So get used to that. Yeah, that happens mm. in this episode. That's not the end of the cartoon though, because we then go to oh, it yes. being down on the ground, and this is when it's like, no, this is literally Wiley e. Coyote. It's now a Roadrunner. Road Roadrunner, yes. yeah. Very <laughs> classic Roadrunner joke. Yes. And so Dargo has got a big, like, big engine tied to his foot or with a rope. And so he's going to hop onto it and, well, go... He's, he's tied onto it with a rope so he doesn't fall off. But then he's John goes past. There's a sign that says, this way home. And he's like, oh, this way. It follows it. And Dargo turns the rocket on. And, of course, it shoots out from under him. He's not on top of it. It's but he's tied... tied to it with a rope. And so... <laughs> You know, looks like I'm like, uh oh, blink, blink, <laughs> just gets thrown. Just hopping along with it, driving for some purchase, then finds a, uh, a tree which starts bending, and we cut to the rocket which stops. The rope goes taut, it charges for a bit more, then it stops and just shoots back. <laughs> and just hits him into the wall, and it's got like a jet fan on the front. And so, like, Dargo comes out in little bits, just like. Which go into mm-hmm. a pile, and then his legs come out, and he waddles away. It's like yeah, and it's, two eyes pop out. It's like, like it's a perfect like Roadrunner cartoon. Mm-hmm. 
And like this goes like this scene keeps going because so like two more of these jokes. Yeah. Then the next thing we see is Dargo hammering a sign into the ground that says "wormhole this way." And this this is like a classic Roadrunner gag. Yes. Because Dargo paints a wormhole onto a rock mm-hmm. <laughs> and like hides around the corner, like. <laughs> and John comes in and is like, and he's humming like. Dun, 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 he's coming. Hey. He's coming in on the on the module and he sees the sign. It's like, oh, this way, and like flies towards it. And of course, he goes through the wormhole. Dargo's like, what? And his jaw literally drops to the floor. Yeah, and he just <laughs> like, picks it up again. And just charges at the fake wormhole and just... just yep, of course, like classic Roadrunner. And then the next thing is Dargo with a massive rocket strapped to his back that has like yep. a little crutch holding it up. Charges it up, and then John zooms by, the crutch falls over, and Dargo's like, uh-oh. And it <laughs> gets crushed. And then John's just flying through space, and he's like... Oh man, I got him. And then he says, right, Harvey, front and center. And Harvey just drops on the front of the scooter. Like, See, you were wrong. Pilot was right. You were wrong. Pilot was right. I can control all of that. Like, I can keep him away from me. Nothing could possibly. And then doop, he runs into a spider web. Yep, nothing could get you, John. Nothing could hurt you. Is that what you were going to say? And then we see a cartoon spider Dargo come after John with a quarter plate. And John just starts yelling. And he's like, ah! And as cartoon Dargo strikes, cut to the part of John's mind again where he's on the table. Regular, not cartoon anymore. Yeah. And Harvey's just sitting on top of him, just pushing his chest. And, like, holding his eyes open. And of like, like, you can't keep running forever, John. Cartoon or not, you'll have to face him at some point. Like, these cartoons are just a crutch. Come on, God, stay with me. It's like, John, take revenge, John, take revenge, eh? And like, smile and grins at him, which is great. Because Harvey doesn't want to die in this case. Yeah. He's like, a... you're not going to take me with you. <laughs> which is odd, because when it all started, he wanted to die. Yeah, but now now he's been in there too long, you know, he's he, he likes I mean, existing. he's already put up in painting, and he's got a nice couch. He has like canasta on Friday with john's childhood and his deepest fears it's like at some point you settle into a routine you really don't want to break it Mm. also like the way it helped me to think about this episode is if you think of it a bit like inception and how like the cartoon level is like another level down Mm -hmm. from john's mind (laughs) so you've got like you know harvey and john and then like next level down is cartoons What's the level below that? Stick figures? (laughs) Probably. Entire world of John's mind just opens for me. Anyway. We need to go deeper, Hats. No. (laughs) (laughs) So then we go back into the, quote, real world, and Mm -hmm. Jewel is in Pilot's chambers, and Pilot says to her that, as far as he can tell, the ship, uh, Dargo's ship, will explode in just under an arm. Ooh, that's not very long. That's not a lot of time. Let me check my watch. Yeah, that'd be about just when the episode ends. Yeah. And she's like, no, that, no, what can we do? And he says, look, myself and Moya, we're toast. You know, we can't do anything about that. But if you take food and supplies and get into this pressure hatchway on this tier, then you can survive for a few days if I jettison it. Mm-hmm. And maybe someone can come and pick you up. Yeah. You can survive a few days before you die of hypothermia. Well, yeah. <laughs> and... At that point, Jewel starts crying, and like, yeah, that's not how Jewel wants to die. Well, also, it's like, that's the only chance they have, and it's a really crappy chance, and it means that Pilot and Moya are resigned to, they will be destroyed by this. 
Yeah, and Jules like, Pilot, we can't let you die. And I'm like, hang on, since when does Jules care? I don't know. I think Jules seems to... <laughs> the thing with a lot of people on Moya is that nobody really dislikes Pilot that much. No, it's just like, it felt so out of character for Jewel. The way we've seen her, uh, where she's like, she'll help, but she'll complain about it, and she usually seems to be mostly interested in herself. So mm. her suddenly genuinely caring about Pilot, for me, out of the blue, was a bit mm. like, hang on, wait, what? I think the other thing that we've seen Jewel do is be very emotional a lot of the time. That's true. And so I think the the thought of losing Pilot and everyone, possibly everyone else, and Moya overwhelms her a bit. Yeah, that makes some sense. I think it's I think it's that reaction. I don't think it's entirely out of character for her to actually care about Pilot. It's it just struck me very much was, left field. I think part of the problem is that the few episodes we have seen just on Moya with this uh, group, they were trying to set them up. I think when we did uh, what was it, Scratch and Sniff, they were all yeah. down on the planet having fun you know, relaxing and so on. And I think what that was supposed to do was show that they were able to get some time off and bond and just be, have have a good time. But I don't think it did maybe a good enough job of that to properly mm. set that up this time. I think that's what they were going for, at least. Yeah, I could see that. Mm. Anyway, so we move on. And Chiana's gone to find Dargo in Dargo's ship, trying to figure out anything about mm -hmm. about the ship trying to make it stop and he's like i don't look chana i don't like to lose okay this is why i'm mad and frustrated because yeah, he can't figure out how to stop it he doesn't like to lose and chana's like look get out of the way i'm gonna shoot it it's like no it's not gonna let you fine then can we just leave and he just gets really upset and he's just because when he says i don't like to lose chana said well why did you lose me and like oh, 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 oh. that's Jana, you don't get to say that. <laughs> that was you. Yeah. You did that. Uh, but Dargo gets very upset and just starts cursing in ancient Luxon. And the controls suddenly light up. Jana's like, what did you say? It's like, oh, just something my great-grandfather used to say. This must be ancient Luxon. Like, and text starts coming up on the screen. He's like, well, what is it? What Jana's like, well, what does it say? What is it doing? He's like... <laughs> And, and puts her down is like, look, this is ancient Luxon. I do not speak ancient Luxon. I do not understand ancient Luxon. I do not read ancient Luxon because I am not an ancient Luxon. <laughs> but they've got, so it's, this is actually an ancient Luxon ship then, presumably. Which would explain why it looked so familiar to Dargo. Yeah, and he's like, oh, this seems odd. All the way back when he got it, he was like, seems familiar somehow and so they go to pilot and start yelling at him which is not the best way yeah, to the do first it. the first thing dargo does is push one of the controls because he's like right i yeah. think uh, this is the word for spoken word so he pushes that and it suddenly starts doing uh auditory commands yeah like, right and Gianna's getting on his face like do you understand what, what's it saying what's it like i don't first of all if somebody's trying to listen to something do not speak through that <laughs> Second of all, no, he doesn't. No, he doesn't understand. You know, he's not ancient Luxon. So then they go to Pilot and say, like, right, Pilot, don't need Moya's data bank. And Pilot's trying to explain through Dargo's shouting that Moya's data banks are offline. Like, the the language repository, I can't access it. Like, we need... They're also incredibly out of date. And he says, well, look, just take some DRDs and rewire it. We need ancient Luxon. We need that. No, no, no. Just take, I don't know. 
Military briefings, propaganda plays for some gothic, anything you can use. And Pilot's just like, we don't, I can't access it, it's not on! It's not... And Pilot's just like... A lot of people talking over each other in this episode. Yeah, that does happen quite a bit. And eventually Pilot's like, I can take some DRDs and reactivate the partial bit of the database. And it's like, right, good, do that. And like, fine. And then Dago like goes off like right, let's go sort this out. And then we see that Jewel and Chiana are moving Crichton, like wheeling the bed along, to take him to that area that they can survive in. And so they're moving Crichton, and Jewel says, "I can't believe Dago doesn't know his ancient tongue." <laughs> Look, give him a break. Until three hundred cycles ago, none of these people could read. They're a warrior race. Yeah, and he's like, "Well, it's barbaric." It's a... <laughs> and um, I forget. There's basically they have a lot of they're arguing between the two of them as they're moving Crichton along. Yeah, Jules says, like, I think I did it. Okay, you do usually do a lot of things. What are you talking about specifically right now? So I was in Dargo's ship earlier. I didn't touch anything, I don't think, but I'm, I may have done it. It's, it's my fault. I was in there. And it just goes off on her. Well, Jules talks back as well. Did you think I feel bad? And he's like, what, what did you think? Well, no, it's no, not my fault. No, it's, it's, look, it's, no I, look, you yeah, don't I understand. It's like, and it's like, okay. Okay. Your turn. Right. You talk. Well, how do you think it's my fault? What do you think I'm doing? I I could swear. Yeah, it's just they do that back and forth a couple times. And then as they're doing this, you hear a thud. You just like thud. Because they're still pushing the bed along. But you notice that the bed is empty. Yeah. As it rolls away, as they push it away and just keep arguing. And then Dargo comes in behind them. It's like, hey, girls, stop. What are you doing? It just points down. John's just lying there. This side, just like uh, on the uh, floor. We were having a conversation. It's like a conversation. Like we have to fix this. Come on. Fine. And they start picking John up. Jules briefly, like I need to tell him. And Jenna's like, No, he has enough on his head right now. Once this is all over, you tell him whatever you want, but don't tell him right now. Which this actually seems like the sensible thing to do. Like we need a clear head to sort this out. And if he thinks that he's, you know, dealt with Crichton or whatever, fine. Like. Sure, we just need to fix it. If you tell him this, he'll only get more angry. Can't wait for these two to become BFFs. Yes. <laughs> it's almost like it's so heavily setting it up for that. It kind of is. So then we go back into Crichton's mind, and he's walking through Moya. I actually like how he cuts, because Gianna walks away, and we cut to diff- same hallway, s- still on Jules face, just different lighting, mm. and John just coming back up from the ground in his civvies again. Being like, isn't she great? Yeah, fantastic, Jewel answers. Ah, come on, you'll get used to her. He basically asks Jewel, like, okay, look, what should I do? I've tried running away, it doesn't work. And Jewel says to him, like, look, you once said that your my species might be related. Well, if that's even remotely true, I'm hoping you have some modicum of intelligence. Reason with him. Talk it out. Combat is for barbaric races. Yeah, and as they're talking, like, he's walking back to a medical bed and, like, lies down on it again. It's like, hmm, all right, I'll give it a try. Which this signifies me that Jewel represents John's intelligence and his reason. Yeah, I mean, that makes sense. So then we cut back out to the real world, and Jewel has gone to join Dargo on his ship. And uh, he's, like, sat there trying to figure this out. And she says, "Um, I have something I need to tell you. I think it was me. I think I... Did it. And it's like, I didn't touch anything, but and Dargo just turns to her angrily and like, I found this! 
in one of the panels, just a tuft of her hair. It's like, your hair, like, you were in here, why, we, what were you doing in here, why were you in here, you shouldn't have been in here touching anything. Like, and she's like, are you going to kill me? I don't think he answers, he says, oh no, he says like, I've, oh yeah, I've punched John into the coma, I think that's enough for one day, and it's like, no, that's too much for one day, Gargo, <laughs> too much, not enough. I think, at least the, the reading I took of his delivery of that line is like, he does feel bad about that. Yeah, I know, but yeah, it's just, you know, his choice of words like that's enough for one day. No, Dargo, no, no, it's not enough. No, it's that's, too much. that's too much. But she actually sa she says teary eyed that I know that nobody likes me and nobody wants to spend time with me and that I can be difficult. But I like you. And after your problems with Chiana and your son, you spend a lot of time in here in this ship. And I thought if I learned something about this ship, I, we might have something to talk about, which is like. Hmm. Took them frilling long enough. Yeah. She's been here for what? Two thirds of a season, and we finally get some characterization of her? Yeah. I mean, for half of that, for at least a bunch of episodes recently, they've been on talent, so you don't get any chance for that. Yes, but. But yeah, no, we have said, like, the episodes on Moya were very light on all of that. I guess until now. And which... Jules really needed some development. Because her, her one note, the, like, the basic reading of her character is stuck up princess yes and that's where she's that, been at for most of the season until this point she's been a very flat one-dimensional character because that's who she is period although in uh eat me we did get a bit where she was her expectations from her like family and sort of like no you can be better than this and they, yeah everyone that's... they all said i was a failure and that sort of thing oh she didn't no 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 no, 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 no. sorry they no, had no. they had they had high expectations they, had high, they never yeah. said that she was a failure right high expectations and no i'm going to die here and so we got a little bit of that but now it's like relationships with the rest of the crew so okay yeah. good that's good i like this scene a lot for that i like, would have preferred it like yes but like what i I can't count it as a failing of this episode that we didn't get it until now. No, no, no. I don't count it against this episode. Trust me. It's a plus to this episode because yeah. it finally happens. <laughs> All the previous episodes that have just been on Moya without the crew of Talon have, until past couple, until the last one and this one, have felt like they've been spinning their wheels, really. Mm -hmm. I've said it before. That's why I found those episodes frustrating because, like, you have a character you really need to build out. Please spend an episode on that. Yeah, you've got this time to use and they didn't and but now they are so that's good and this is a this yeah. is a good scene actually like they this is delivered really well i think of from yeah because dargo puts his hand on their shoulders like thank you for making the effort and he doesn't you know get mad he's <laughs> just like he understands and he's like well thanks for yeah making the effort she laughs slightly choking back a few tears but... so good okay good we got that friendship between jewel and dargo being built up and mm -hmm. that's good all right so, now let's go back into Crichton's mind for some more fun times. Okay, so Crichton is walking through Moya, and he walks past a room, and we see, like, from the back, a cartoon woman who mm -hmm. says, like, John, and it's it's Aaron. It's yeah, cartoon it's Aaron. Clearly Claudia Black's voice. Yeah, it's but it's cartoon version of her, and the first version we see is she is basically dressed in... Uh, skimpy lingerie. Yep. Uh, because of course John would do that. <laughs> yeah. Cause, and, uh, by the way, everything is just live action uh, except for Aaron. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It's the regular John walking past, and, he's, and she's like, "Hi." <laughs> he's like, "Oh, hey." And he's like, "Okay. First of all, where are my clothes?" <laughs> it's like, <laughs> "Well, they're on Talon with the other 
John, where you might not be where it's... <laughs> and she interrupts and she's like, don't do that to yourself, John. And so he goes to walk off and she's like, oh, no, 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 before you go, you fix this. <laughs> like, no, I'm not... And so... And so He's like, okay, fine. I love reaches this. Over to the just, side. He goes, reaches behind like a pillow and pulls out like a giant prop pencil yeah, with an like, eraser on the end. I, I, I'd like to call this the two-handed pencil because you need two hands to yeah, actually wield it. Yeah, it's huge. And so like he up, turns it around and like erases Aaron and then flips it back around and draws her back in. Right before he draws her back, you can see it have, have a slight mischievous smile and it's like well, sort of yeah, stronger. Because he draws her as Jessica Rabbit. Yep. <laughs> and she's and like, Aaron's oh, I get it. I w- I'm not bad. I was just drawn that way. And mm-hmm. Come on, John. Have a bit more imagination. And then she spins. And yeah, it's Marilyn. spins. And then she's Marilyn Monroe <laughs> doing Happy Birthday, Mr. Astronaut. <laughs> she spins again. And it's Cleopatra. It's like, oh, Johnny, Johnny. Oh, where art thou, Johnny? And it's like, no, um, honey, wrong Shakespeare. Uh, <laughs> And then she spins again and is uh, Dorothy from Wizard of Oz. Like, there's no place like home. Clacking heels. Oz reference. Heavy again, there. Uh, yeah. And, and then does it again. And she's turned into Madonna. Like, there's a, this is like like quick cuts and scenes. It's like, hey, Johnny, like a virgin. Like the Madonna song, obviously. Uh-huh. And then spins again. And she's Pamela Anderson from Baywatch. But she's like, yeah, I like rescue you. <laughs> like dumb blonde kind of trope. Thing. Yeah, and then spins one last time, and we get Erin in a regular jacket. Which... No, 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 no. Wait, no. I'm skipping. No, one. you're skipping one very important one because she spins and turns into Nancy Reagan. Oh right, <laughs> yes, yes. And John's, and she's like, just I, I... say, and John's like, no, no, no. <laughs> no, no. And then spins again, and then she's back to a tune, a cartoon version of normal Aaron clothes. Right, I forgot the important one. Yeah, Thank no, you. I can see why you would try and scrub that from your mind. But <laughs> I think John will be trying to do the same thing. <laughs> so, yeah. Okay. Cool. And then so she ends up, once she's she's in her usual outfit, and then, then she says, well, what are you going to do about Dargo? Jules mentioned that I could reason with him. And uh, Dargo, like, comes around behind, like, pokes his head out from behind a door, and he's here, yeah. whoop. <laughs> then Aaron's like Dargo, uh, and he pulls back mm-hmm. in. You can still see the top of his head in his hands very clearly. Like, can you leave Johnny alone? And <laughs> Dargo comes out again. It's like, uh, uh, no, nope. And then starts chasing, and he runs off. And you see Aaron just goes, "Run, Forrest, run!" And so then we go into yet another Looney Tunes segment. Okay. Aaron signifies, well, aside from uh, John's love. And libido, also his desire for home. I guess yes, yeah, true. Full of references of mm-hmm, his home. Mm-hmm. And so we go back now, like another Looney Tunes sequence, and we see Dargo again painting a wormhole on a side of a rock. Except this time he's painted two women on either side of it. Yeah, and he's like, hides <laughs> behind, and John comes in again on his module, and. <laughs> It's like, come on, Dargo, you got to do better than that. And just he, he flies through it again. And Dargo's like, he walks up to it touches the wall and actually his hand goes through and he's like oh takes a running start and was like oh he's gonna hit the rock again isn't he but no he goes in and then there's just a brief pause and then he comes out on the front of something which we then it zooms back and it's like a very simplified cartoon version of the starship enterprise you can hear in the background like we had something on the front captain (laughs) like (laughs) 
<laughs> it just goes off in the warp. It's like, all right, sure. So then we see John walking around like the cartoon desert landscape. And he's like, hey, Dargo. Hello. And then he walks into the barrel of a gun. Like, come on, Dargo. Can we talk about this? Look, I know a guy. John just flicks the barrel away, which so it points down as Dargo shoots. Like, look, he's he wrote the book on this. And flips it away. Dargo puts it back. He flips it away again. Dr. Chuck Jones. He wrote the book on this. This needs I have no idea. Okay, so first of all, Chuck Jones was the director of Looney Tunes. Ah. So that's why. <laughs> there you go. Ah, there we go. <laughs> that explains a lot. And he's like, look, can we just talk flicks? Chuck Jones, we can no, flick. <laughs> well, it's great because he says, like, Dr. Chuck Jones, he wrote the book on these things. He's like, yes, he literally did because he was behind Looney Tunes. And then he just spins spins the barrel so he's just spinning profusely and grabs the sight off it and then puts it back on Dargo's side and Dargo pushes it back and John puts it back Dargo puts it back John pushes it back and John's like oh! and of course <laughs> and it like blows up in Dargo's face yeah because the barrel was turned and then Dargo turns it around again and shoots again and the whole gun blows up but then John gets knocked down to the floor Dargo's standing over him and then we see like the 3D uh, heart monitor thing Mm-hmm. And we're back up a level, basically, and yeah, Harvey... because Dargo grabs his gun and just uses it as a cartoon. Dargo just cudgels, right, and clubs him. John, and then we see Harvey like in, uh, <laughs> so he's in normal Scorpius, you, you know, gear, but then with a like a doctor's gown and like a cap and mask over the top, and yeah, he's got like surgery paddles. and stuff. He's like clear, <laughs> clear. <laughs> By the way, that's not how you use those. Um, no, that's entirely fair. Yeah, just fun fact. Those things are used to basically stop a heart or like stop and reset to correct arrhythmia. You can't restart a heart that way. I think it's just adrenaline straight to the heart, right? I guess. I, I might be wrong on that one as well. I don't anyway, know. Anyway, so they're doing that and he's like, come on, John, come on. And <laughs> that's not working. So he grabs a bucket of water and chucks it over John. No, 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 no. There's a tiny little detail that I love because oh, yeah? the first thing he does is grab a mop and throw it away. And it's like, oh, I know where that bucket came from. Yeah. <laughs> like it's the cleaning staff equipment he just grabs the mop very theatrically throws it away grabs the bucket tosses it over john's face and it's like <gasps> <laughs> and so like john tried to talk to dargo in the cartoon when he said you know I, need, I know a guy but it didn't work and so harvey has you know, brought him back out and says look look none of this is going to get the job done you need to take revenge revenge is what's going to keep you alive it's like i'm not gonna stoop that low I'm not going to do that. And so it's like, well, then we're both going to die. <laughs> we need to take revenge. It's the only thing that will keep us alive. Of course, you know, this makes sense for Harvey slash Scorpius because that's almost entirely what he is motivated by. Mm-hmm. As we learned in that. I'll get back to that later because I didn't want to mention that just yet. Okay, well, I mean, it's true. Anyway, so we no, go... It's, it's, it's true and it's out there now. So. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so we go back out uh, up another level to the real world and the drds is it got... real are we sure do we have uh, do we have a little no. uh we're in a totem just <laughs> <laughs> yeah so anyway the drds have got the microbes for ancient luxon or at least partial ancient luxon pilot was only able to get a few bits and pieces not the whole thing mm-hmm. and so the the drd goes up to dargo and injects him in the leg and he's like okay right and then the, he's just about able to make out what the ship is saying like every third word is maybe not being translated um 
Okay, you can stop the self-destruct sequence using one of three ancient books and artifacts. Okay, ancient freedom texts. Like, okay, no, no, very, no, very rare. No very one's going to have that. No. Oricon's prayer amulet. No, like, no, God, this is not going to work. work. There's nothing that we could possibly have that. And then even we hear this one. It's like quarter blade. quarter blade. I'm like, oh no. Ah, Chekhov's quarter blade. If if a character throws away a quarter blade at the start of the episode that you need it later as a MacGuffin. Yeah, and he then he looks up and he's like, oh no, oh I threw it. Oh no, we have to go find that. Have to go find it now. And so the three of them, Dargo, Chiana, and Joel, have to start searching. Uh, the bottom of pilot's chamber or off to the side of the tiers mm-hmm. so they've got to hurry up because they've got like very little time left it's like episodes like i think there's 50 minutes left in the episode so they have like 50 minutes to find it yeah and so right got to get looking really quickly meanwhile we see that john has actually been put into the area where they could say which is like a dark it's basically like a circular chamber with uh, ribbed uh, outside and so he's sort of laying there because then we see him laying there and then we go into his mind again and now he's gone to talk to his version of chiana yeah because like you have experience with survival right what would you do well revenge is pretty sweet but chiana says like look he's just he's a luck he's a warrior race guy he's dumb like you can outsmart him don't try and outpower him or anything just work smarter not harder <laughs> beat him out of his own game yeah and i'm like Ah, yes, Chiana, John's representation of cunning. Exactly. So he's going to try and do that, I guess. So then we see they're searching through all the crap and uh, <laughs> almost literally. <laughs> there they are. Because at the t- like, Dargo and Chiana are on like, higher up tiers that are full of junk. And so they're looking through all of that. Jewel is all the way at the bottom wading through some sludge. And so they're wading through there like blah, 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 blah. blah. And then... <laughs> Chiana says, like, hey, hey, princess, look out, watch out for some falling metal. You might want to move. And, like, nothing's happened. She's like, what metal? What, what, are, you, what are you talking about? And then, and then Dargo kicks something over. He's like, Chiana, Jewel, watch out. I'm sorry, that was an accident. And then, and lands right next to Jewel. And Jewel is, at first, she's convinced that was Chiana. And, and Dargo's like, no, no, that was me. Then, how did she know that? Mm-hmm. And I raise my hand. It's like, come on, they're doing a lot of work between these pieces of course somebody's gonna kick something over <laughs> but then Chiana actually says like well i just it it made sense i guess so all right and so they keep searching i like that jenna and jewel are arguing over the calm and just shouting and dargo says like look can you please just calm down keep it quiet a bit and jenna says like what like bottle it up like i'm a luxon <laughs> like yeah, she got you there, Dargo. Got you there, yeah. And so Jewel says, well, what, Pilot, what else is down here? Is there anything else that lives in Moya? She hears chittering noises. Like, like, <laughs> and Pilot says, yes, many harmless parasites that help with Moya's uh, functions. Their droppings help to seal microscopic cracks along the hull. Stuff actually seeps into uh, holes and uh, helps to repair microfractures. Fact- You're walking in it right now. <laughs> She's like, of course she lets out this... <laughs> Big scream and I love the pilot also just four arms straight to his face like, like ah, ah, stop try to cover it wherever his ears are I'm not his entirely ears and sure eyes. yeah like ah stop it oh of course of course Jewel is wading through crap yes <laughs> Jan is just laughing at that so now we go back into 
Crichton's mind because it's time for some more cartoon stuff. Actually, I realised we skipped over. There was a brief scene before Jewel asks Pilot where we see a cartoon Dargo burying some glowing green dynamite uh, in the desert and he puts a thing on it that is uh, free pizza and beer. <laughs> yeah, and it has a pizza and then a can of beer, but spelled with an I. B-I-E-R. Yeah. Beer. And I'm like, why is, are they using the Dutch spelling for beer? Well, it's, I don't know. It's it's correct on the sign. It's just on the can. It doesn't it matter. Beer. I wouldn't read too much into it. What? They knew. They mm. knew I'd be watching. Cats, it's it's also the German spelling for beer. It's also, you know, it's not... Nah, that yeah. can't possibly be it. <laughs> Germans don't make amazing beer. They're not known for that at all. No. <laughs> of course not. So anyway, like he comes along, he's like, oh, oh, look at this. And then Dargo, of course, lights the fuse and it goes down. And then John pops back up and lights, puts the fuse on Dargo's beard, which then like goes up his face and explodes. Yeah. <laughs> so sure. And so then we get the scene with Jewel and Pilot. Then we go back into Crichton's head. And so this is when Crichton's trying to outsmart him. And... Dargo basically has Creepy a m- scene also. yeah. Dargo has a massive cannon that he's pointing like he's behind the controls and there's like a targeting thing and John pops up and is like, "Hey, dude!" and he just Dargo fires. Yeah, and the shot makes it jump backwards and, and it's like, <laughs> and then John comes up in the sighting again. You missed. And then he like fires again. It jumps backwards again. We see that John is actually sitting on the front of the cannon, putting his head up, you know, into yeah. the sights, and does it another time, and it goes backwards off a cliff. Hangs there, proper Looney Tunes style. And yeah, John... because nobody has observed gravity yet, so gravity doesn't exist yet. So he stands up and looks and like, Hey, Doggo, look down. Look down. And so Doggo's like, Ah! And John just, just steps off. And the cannon falls, and Doggo, being smart, jumps off, because he prepared a parachute, and just opened his parachute, and is like, Ah, there we go. Then the cannon falls on top of him. <laughs> slams into the ground. Doggo gets out on the, uh, on the back for where the shells go in. It's like, Parachute is stuck. He pulls on it. Cannon goes off. Launches itself up again. Dargo quickly pulls in the parachute. It's like, ah, no, no, no. Jumps off. Unleashes the parachute. And he just goes down again. He's like... The, the gun turns over in the air and lands barrel pointing up. Yeah, it's and like, okay, I'm safe. Dargo falls into the barrel and gets shot again. And then he just crawls out of the cannon, clothing scorched, and he just falls over to the side. It's like, oh. And then he's like, here's this sissing sound is like wait hang on and he looks down and he's actually standing on the same spot where he put all the green dynamite in <laughs> that and that explodes <laughs> also the moment by the way we forgot some important detail the moment he falls down with the cannon we see from top facing oh yes of face, course and he's just the classic downwards the classic wily e. coyote yes yeah like from like bird's eye view falling down of like and we see the same thing when the explosion happens we see that from bird's eye view and just go yeah, it's it's really like on point for Looney Tunes like oh, Roadrunner yes. stuff. So then he like cut again to Dargo painting yet another wormhole on a wall, mm-hmm. and so John comes up behind him. is like, no man, dude, you're doing it all wrong. And so he, honk honk, and like <laughs> pushes him off. Then he grabs a paintbrush and then starts painting and actually manages to paint like like a window. Yeah, like a throughway. Uh, like yeah, it just it basically it looks like another landscape behind it. Mm-hmm. And so he's like, he just pops through, and Dargo's like, "What?" It's like, "Come on, your wormhole is not up to scratch. You forgot to make it swirly." And we see now from the other side where John was standing. There's also a, a cartoon wormhole on the wall, and Dargo, it's swirling, and Dargo's just like gets sucked in. And John's like, "Well," and we see you can see 
earth in the center of it, by the mm. way. Yep. It's like, well, time for me to go home. And he just flies straight into it. It ex- explodes. Wait, wait, wait. There's a there's a line that John says is like something like, John is coming back. Lock up the women and hide the fried chicken. And boom, goes through the wormhole. But he actually just slams against the wall. Uh. His scooter explodes. And we cut straight into John lying. Actual John. Yeah, we're up, John, up a level. On, yeah, lying on the floor. Burning pieces everywhere. And just... His face, like a bump and a swollen eye. His leg is broke. And he's like, oh, I think I broke my leg. And then Dargo, like, comes through the mist and, like, holding a quarter blade, like, <sighs> grinning at him. And John's like, no! And Dargo we... just cuts twice. And we see the uh, heart monitor thing, and it's flat. So it's mm-hmm. flat red lines. And we also see a cut back up to the... Uh, real Moya with John just alone in that chamber and then we go back in to a corridor of Moya inside John's head and there's mm-hmm. mist fl- going along the ground and there's a big there's a massive gravestone and like some dirt piled up Harvey standing next to it in like a funeral director's gear with like mm-hmm, you know mm-hmm. black you know suit and bow tie and like standing there and it's shot from the ground sort of looking up a bit and we see the massive gravestone that says here lies john Crichton, human astronaut natural born loser yep <laughs> and i'm like god damn it harvey and i was like tis to john Crichton, a schmuck a moron probably brain dead before i met him <laughs> especially on <laughs> last line yeah. probably brain dead before i met him and he's like well because if Crichton dies then i die and then we see Crichton actually standing up at the other end of it and, and harvey says like i don't even know if we have a chance, we might already be dead. It's like, no, you're still here, Harvey, so this can't be held just yet. And he's like, look, John, you have to take revenge. And Because Crichton says, look, I love Aaron. That should be enough. It's like, no, take revenge, John. And <laughs> he's uh, like, that won't get the job done. You need to go get Dargo, if only in your own mind. And Crichton says, like, I don't want to stoop that low. Kirk wouldn't stoop that low. Kirk was a fictional character, John. And he made Priceline commercials. <laughs> <laughs> Again, that was a real thing that William Shatner did. I mean, William Shatner's done a lot of things. Yeah, yeah, it's true. Actually, Harvey says, like, if you need to push this allegory, see Kirk for who he really was. Vicious when he needed to be. Breaking the rules and that sort of thing. And John's like, look, he's a fictional character, Harvey. You don't understand that. You live in that realm of fictionality. I have to deal with the real-life consequences. Harvey says, like, look, John, these primal emotions, you feel as you need to suppress them, but they're in there for a reason. They're there to help you survive. He's not wrong. Not entirely wrong, no. No, those emotions are like... Vestige from many generations ago. Yeah, but, but still, there's, like, the strong emotions, like... Anger are there for a reason, because it gives you more energy when on your fight-and-flight response or when you're in strain. So Harvey's not entirely wrong. No, but Crichton doesn't... He's still not convinced, but Harvey says, Look, John, you can take him. Let's do it. Man to beast. Dargo. John to Dargo. So then we see the, quote, real Dargo creeping up on Crichton, who sat in a chair. from So creeping up on him from behind. Reading an action sports. Yeah, and he's got like a massive cigar in his hand. We only see him from the back. Mm-hmm. And so Dargo's like creeping up on him. And like, first thing he does is walk into a rake, which goes into his face. Yeah. So, ah. The next one, he walks forward a few steps. And the music, by the way, is like the piano, like, bloom, bloom, 
but it, it builds up after every object. It changes, yeah. getting more menacing and at the end more labored. Because the next one, he steps into a bucket. It's like... <sighs> Keeps walking. And then the next thing is he slips on a banana skin, of course. Yep. Just... It's like he stands up. It's like, okay. Keeps walking. Ah! And looks down. It's a bear trap on his leg. I was waiting for that one. Actually. Yeah, the bear trap. I was very glad when he just, when Anthony Sivko just went. Ah! <laughs> and, but he keeps strange. going. He gets to the chair, spins around. John's sitting on it, and he goes, "Eh, what's up, Dargo?" <laughs> it's like, of course, of course, John, of course. That, that had to happen at least once. Oh uh, yeah, it kind of like, did. I'm going to kill you, John. It's like, are you sure? And then, like, a, a lever, like, rather awkwardly raises up next to him. Which Somebody is... actually holds it in the frame. But judging by the way it shifts, it's very clear. Clearly somebody... somebody's, like, raising it up with their hand. Yeah, but it, it works for this it's scene, fine. actually. And so he just pulls the lever, and a trapdoor opens underneath Dargo, who sort of looks down in midair, like, looks down, and then goes flying, just falls down. <laughs> Oh, man. So then we go back up uh, to Jewel, who's now tripped over things in the sludge and like, oh, no, this is all she's crap. All, she's, she was waist deep in it. Now she's chest deep in it. I'm yeah. Like, oh. Awful. But then she manages to stumble across and find, like, the quarter blade. Like, her leg bumps into it. She's like, ah. She's, oh. she, like, reaching. It's like, <gasps> she I comes think. up holding the quarter blade up triumphantly. Over it's her like, head. It's like, yes, yes got it. And so Dargo and Chiana run to the ship. In slow motion. Sort of slow. It's not completely like slow. It's slightly. And so they're running. Dargo's holding the quarter blade. But then the doors, they're running up to a door which won't open normally. So he chucks the quarter blade back to Chiana who catches it. And he like shoulder barges the door open. Yeah. And then Chiana walks in, tosses the sword up again. Dargo catches it again. And then that second one maybe not necessary, but whatever. So it looks cool. Okay? It does look it cool. Looks cool. Yeah. And so they run into the ship and like, okay, I I have the quarter blade. I have it. What do I? I I have the blade. And the ship just doesn't respond. And he like looks around and there's a there's basically there's a slot of, uh, outlined in red. And he's like, ah, okay. Yeah, it suddenly lights up and it's like, aha. And puts it in there. And everything goes quiet and dark. And Chen's like. You know, that's about the sound you hear right before you die. Or after it, says Dargo. And then we cut back into John's mind, because, you know, before or after you die, oh, what's happening to John? Because it's not over. He didn't actually get the job done. No, because Dargo is there again, walking up the ramp. And this time he just kicks away the rake, kicks away the bucket, kicks away the banana peel, kicks away the bear trap, just spins the chair around, and there's a stuffed duplicate of John sitting with a newspaper in front of him and a stick of ginormous di- pipe which is actually a stick of dynamite yeah it's a stick of dynamite in his mouth and Doug is like oh oh and <laughs> explodes and so then Crichton walks into the scene it's like ah I'd like to thank the academy for the victory and can we just appreciate the fact that they made up Dargo to have all his hair tentacles blown out in different directions. Yeah, like it's his just face scorched. The close up on him of it's like ooh, it's proper like slapstick, yeah, like comedy explosion. And Harvey is like, "Yes, John, well done, well done." It's like, "Don't thank the Academy Award, thank me. I helped you." And John's like, "Harvey, it didn't work." No, like he's still unconscious. And Harvey's like, "No, that can't be. How's that possible?" And 
John says, like, well, you're, you were wrong. Like, revenge is not the answer for me. You live in the country, but you don't speak the language. Yeah, like, that's not who I am. And Harvey is visibly upset. It's like, no, no, revenge it is should, the answer. It should have worked. And John says, it, maybe it's, it's the answer for you. That's not how I operate. That's whole, your whole thing, not mine. Don't ever get in the way of making, making me realize how I feel. Yeah, don't distract me from what I feel, that I love Aaron. And, like, he says, like, I love Aaron, and you see, like, the uh, heart monitor go, bloop, I love Aaron, like, bloop, Laker. bloop, 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 and bloop, it, bloop, Yeah, and starts barking again, and John looks up and is like, told you. And so then we go to inside the ship, inside Dargo's ship, and then it's like, identify yourself. It's like, I am Cardargo, son of so-and-so, grandson, and then great-grandson of Cardargo Tretor. Yeah, same name as him. Mm -hmm. And then the ship's like, blah, 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 blah. Oh, the ship is at your control, Cardargo. Yeah, it's like cloaking device act, uh, at your control, uh, navigation at your control, astrogation at your control. It's like everything is suddenly open to him. And Dargo is visibly overjoyed. Yep, and the music actually swells at this point of like a uh, victorious kind of thing. And the the front of the ship turns clear because there's now the proper cockpit. And Gianna jumps in his lap and gives him a hug. Like, yeah, woo, we got it. And from behind, like the the ramp's still down, and John stumbles in, wrapped in like a in a sheet. He's yeah. like, "Hey guys, what's well, going on?" Well, the lights are out. Like maybe we should get somebody, call somebody to look at that. And he just falls over just, backwards. Boom. And like that's probably not healthy if you've just had uh, been in a coma. Yeah, that's not good, John. But okay. Dargo gets everything he uh, so much more than he wanted. And maybe even Chiana again? I, yeah, that's, no, that's I, I don't, no, I don't, I don't think, think so. that's it. That's not how I read it as well, but no. just like, hmm, for a moment, maybe. At the very least, they're being more f they're friendly and they're not shouting at each other all the time. Yeah. They no, can actually spend time in the same place together. Yeah, that's an which improvement isn't... over previously. Good yeah. point. So uh, then we see that Jewel is trying to clean all the gunge off her arms and... It's like, oh, this is not coming off. And Chiana's like, well... Luckily, it doesn't smell. What do you talk about? It smells terrible. Well, luckily, we don't share a cabin. That's what I meant. And Pilot says, thank you for your sacrifice to find the quarter blade. Yeah, because uh, Pilot is actually appreciative of Jewel. And credit to the actress, because Jewel says, you're welcome, Pilot, at perfectly the right tone to mean it and still be slightly like, yes, of course, I helped. <laughs> and she says, like, "Well, next you'll have to clear that place out before you, if you want me to go looking around there again." You can already see Pilot being like, mm. ah, "Yes, I shall. I, I'd have to, of course." And you can't take that away because that stuff is useful to Moya. But whatever. Yeah, but so Chiana says, "Like, look, don't frell with everything, okay? Just this whole thing's your fault. Stop touching things." And Jules says, mm -hmm. "Like." Hey, look, me and Dargo, we've sorted it out. We're fine. We're, fr we're good. Yeah. I'm going to get the first ride on his ship. <laughs> Once he figures it all out. Once he figures it all out. And Charles like, mm, alright, fine. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not Charles at all. <laughs> <laughs> and so then we have the final couple scenes of the episode, which is Crichton actually in his spacesuit sitting mm -hmm. outside of Moya on that same set that we saw actually in Sons and Lovers. Yep. Just kind of sitting there looking off into space. Mm -hmm. And Dargo's in command and he's saying to Crichton, it's like, listen, look, I I know that saying I'm sorry isn't good enough. It's not going to cut it. I have so much rage and I don't know how to control it. I, I need to control it. Well, this 
might be a good time to start dealing with that, Dargo. Yeah, Grant says, like, now you've got this little ship. Yeah, you've got a baby ship to take care of. Yeah, and uh, so Dargo is actually sat on the main window of command, and John comes floating down outside looking in. Yeah, and Dargo says, like, in Luxon culture, for attacking an ally during peace, there has to be retribution. Yeah, and Crichton says, like, hey, Dargo, Dargo, look at me. Just look at me. And he turns and looks through the window and says, like, there's nothing that would ever make me want to take revenge on you. And so he puts his hand up to the window, and Dargo puts his hand on the window mm-hmm. on the other side. And they're like, and Dargo says, thank you. And like, I'm sorry, and thank you. And then he says, looking up at Crichton, like, when you were dead or almost dead what went through your mind like what did you see like we're asking like really seriously (laughs) yeah and john's like dargo it is completely impossible for me to explain that to you (laughs) which is true (laughs) yes and it's not a joke and dargo's like "Mm, okay and then we see (laughs) we actually see John um, floating there still, and he turns and looks back out into space, which becomes the cartoon landscape we saw. Yeah, cartoon space in a way. Well, no, it's it's not. It's it's like the desert and the Roadrunner cartoon. Yeah, but there's if you look closely, you can also see that it's floating pieces of rock. That's true, actually. Yeah, it's floating, and there's a, there's a rocket and a satellite. The Mir satellite flows by, floats by again. And then we see a shot from inside where of like. John and Dargo on either side of the window with just the cartoon in the background. Uh-huh. And John, John turns back to the camera and just starts smiling. <laughs> and it just... I like that it closes on the little uh, black coming from all edges. Yes, like, it's like a, a, a circular wipeout. Just like, pew! I was half expecting, like, uh, that's all, folks. <laughs> like, I was hoping they'd do that, but it didn't happen. I like it would have been great if they had like had cartoon John come up at the end and be like, Oh, that's all folks. <laughs> I feel that's a missed opportunity. Yeah. Anyway, there we go. That's the end of the episode. That was Revenging Angel. Uh overall, like okay, this was this the cartoon stuff was just really a lot of fun. It's incredibly funny. Yeah, it's it's like no perfect, a no perfect like recreation of like Roadrunner. Like it's oh, yes. really good. Yeah, the only thing I have with it is that I'm like, I wish it did a little bit better of present showing what that piece of the cartoon was trying to show. Like John running, John uh, talking. talking to Darko. Yeah. Like I can see the that. cunning. It's it's there, but it's just like it's a little tied it in just a bit more tightly. It would have worked better. I feel. I, I see what you mean. Like it's less clear what the what he's trying to do each time. Yeah, at some points I'm like, it, "This is fun. Don't get me wrong." Yeah, but why? Aside from that, like, well, does it need? It are... doesn't need necessarily need anything aside from that because so, sometimes for me it does. Yeah, but the thing is, like you said, it is trying to do to show like John trying yeah. to deal with Dargo, and those themes are there, just maybe not as at the front because they are doing all their wacky cartoon stuff which mm-hmm. look it is a lot of fun it's really yes cool. it is a lot of fun i i will happily admit that so quick fun fact it's like everyone who had an animated version of their character uh, each of the actors got given a framed cell of that <gasps> from uh, oh that's so cool and in fact guy gross of course who was the composer for the episode took a lot of cues from looney tunes mm-hmm. composer that, that was very noticeable mm-hmm. and some of the storyboards in fact for the animated sequences were done by uh star directors john mcclenahan john griffin and dave 
prior and those people had worked on Tiny Toons, Animaniacs and Pinky and the Brain. <laughs> so, you know, they know what they're doing. Yeah, these people knew what they were talking about. Nice. And in fact, so this episode, like I said, it's it's rather well it's rather well known even if you're not like a huge fan of Farscape. Mm-hmm. Um, in fact, in 2009, the magazine TV Guide ranked it number 82 on its list of 100 greatest episodes of, I think, just of anything. I'm going to look it up here. Damn. Of, yeah, of TV. So it's like, yeah, the number one episode was an episode of Seinfeld, The Contest, and, you know, like Sopranos, Mary Tyler Moore, Love Lucy, Lost, ER. And then down at 82 is Farscape, <laughs> Revenging Angel. Nice. And that was in 2009. So yeah, it's rather well known and it it's it's I'll say this like the cartoon stuff is completely wacky and crazy, but look, the, when when you go inside John's head on Farscape, anything can happen. Yes. Like it, anything could pot- which which is why I like going into his head once in a while. Yeah, cuz it's yeah, it'd be weird if it happened all the time. Like that would be a bit odd. In fact, I mean in the last episode we were in the other Crichton's head and he was, you know, fighting harvey on a roller coaster basically mm-hmm. <laughs> this one is like nope full-on cartoons sure so i i did enjoy this episode quite a lot and it when it wasn't doing the silly cartoon stuff it did actually manage to build a relationship between jewel and dargo somewhat mm-hmm. and some characterization of dargo why he got so mad at john because he doesn't have anything else this is the only thing keeping him going at the moment only thing distracting him and the scene at the end with John and Dargo again, you know, trying to make up, be friends. And John actually, you know, he's he's not mad at Dargo. He's like, I'm not going to take revenge on you. They're actually friends. So that what, stuff is there. The bit I really liked, actually, is the bit where John and Scorpius are talking at the end. Mm. Where he says, like, look, revenge is the only way. And John says, like, for you maybe, but that's not who I am. Yeah. Because that... I feel that even even more so than Scorpius's background episode, mm. Incubator, which yeah. does highlight the revenge better. If it almost felt like a better showing of his motivation because he couldn't fathom yeah. why revenge didn't work. Yeah. Like that's that's completely shows how driving an emotion revenge for him is. How exclusive yeah. it is to anything else. I think in Incubator basically what we got was facts and figures about why that yes. is the case. And this, this is where any... we this is where we feel and see the effects of that. Well, if you go back to this, that adage of television or of any media, show don't tell, right? Yeah. And so in Incubator, we were told why he is why he hates the Scarens so much and why he wants revenge on them. In this episode, we are shown that his revenge is his driving factor because he can't do anything else but advise John about revenge mm-hmm. and doesn't understand when it doesn't work. And so that's, you know, that's the difference between those two episodes. I feel that is accurate. Yeah, that is it. That's the difference. Mm, so rating this episode is a little... I, I feel like it's a bit tricky. Yeah, it is. Um, I, I, Overall, on how much I enjoyed it and how much stuff it actually does, I feel comfortable giving it four out of five. Yeah, I think, I think I'll give it a four out of five as I, well. I'm... I'm so I feel comfortable giving it a four out of five. The thing is, like, I kind of want to give it extra points for actually just going like, screw it, let's do a Looney Tunes episode. <laughs> I mean, I'm not going to give them extra points for that. I'm sorry. Cause, uh, like, fair cause, like I said, I think they could have tightened a few things up here and there. But it is just, 
I won't stop you from doing no, that, I've, though. I don't know, though. I'm not sure. I think comfortably a four and very close to a five if it had been, like, tightened up a little bit, I think. Yeah, I think, I think, it, I think that's fair. It's a very it's a very decent five uh, four for me in, in this case. Like, the, they needed to do, I think, a bit more before I call it a five. It's not on the cusp just yet, mm. but it's not it, it's nowhere near a, five, a three either no so and that's the thing like it it, do, it does actually build relationships it does actually give insight into john like his reason for living is Aaron. you see how much this john still loves Aaron, despite the fact that she's been away on talon mm-hmm. you know for many episodes now and so yeah i think four out of five and just and just a lot of fun. It's really fun seeing all the yeah, Looney ass. Tunes. I mean, you can't you can't go wrong with Looney Tunes. The thing with like actual Looney Tunes, like Roadrunner, Bugs Bunny, all that stuff, is it is timeless. Really. Yes, it is. It, it is a complete classic. Yeah, so you can't go wrong imitating it, and especially when you do it as well as they did, like pretty much spot on. Mm-hmm. Not trying to hide any influences. No, no, no. Just go completely lean into it as heavily as you can. Yeah, so there we go. That was Revenging Angel. And I remember last week I said, like, you know, this is going to be a weird one. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and um, uh, so when I opened up the DVD, I was like, oh, wait, the DVD menu spoils that it has Looney Tunes in it. Oh. Yeah, I hope I opened the menu as well. It's like, oh, that episode. I've heard about this. <laughs> yeah, no, that was like, oh, damn it. I would have preferred discovering yeah. that. <laughs> Still. Anyway, though, I can't imagine what it would have been like to watch that like the first time through. Like, what? Looney? What? Ah. Hang on. Wait, oh my what? God. Sure. Anyway, so there we go. That was Revenging Angel. And it was a lot of fun and overall a pretty good episode. So, uh, let's find out what's up next time. So next time on Farscape is episode 17, The Choice. And we now go back to Talon. Oh, interesting. And Eren seeks refuge on a planet with a supernatural reputation after the loss of the Crichton that she had uh, been in love with. And Stark wanders off by himself. But nothing on the planet is what it seems when an old enemy returns. Don't get your hopes up. Damn it! <laughs> you could see my face. I can see. I know exactly what you're thinking, and I don't know either way because I haven't, you know, looked up what it is. But I'm just saying, don't get your hopes up. Don't, don't do it, man. Don't too do it. Late, to, don't late. do it to yourself. It's up. All right. <laughs> well, we'll find out who that is next time on the Farscape Rewatch podcast. Uh, until then, thank you all for listening, and you can find us around the web on Twitter at Can'tWear Hats and at Red Nightmare Seven. Yep. Three. And we both also stream on Twitch under those usernames. And you can find previous episodes of this podcast and links to other projects and stuff on cartwellhats.co.uk. And everything is supported by the Patreon, patreon.com forward slash cartwellhats. And don't forget, you know, leave review and rate on iTunes if you feel that way inclined. Anyway, we'll see you all next time. Thanks for listening and goodbye for now. That's all, folks. Get back your hats, I'll get you! Uh oh! You're not getting away that easy! Oh! Oh! <laughs>